Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, August 3rd. Invite the participation of others when possible in the decisions you make. The more you involve them, the more they will take an interest in and commit themselves to working with and helping you. You know, this uh, particular suggestion that Swami's making also depends on what your objective is in life. If you're a solitary artist and you're writing your own book or you're painting your own painting or in any in listening, hearing music and then writing it down, whatever it might be, there are pursuits where far from inviting the participation of others, you almost have to protect yourself against that participation. You have to really be clear in your own energy and be able to know what you're doing. I've I worked for many years to be able to write. I struggled to write for a lot of years and Finally, in the last, you know, ten years, I've written four books, the fourth of which was the most important. And the only way I was able to write that book was in absolute seclusion. Even though I had a lot of freedom in my life, and I lived in a home where I had my own room, and I could shut the door, and I really never had to relate to anyone, I had to get even farther away. I mean, really, literally, in a place, and thank God, I didn't even have an internet connection. I had to drive once a week, even to pick up inter- emails, absolute silence around me. So the opposite of wanting a lot of participation and involvement from others, I really needed to be able to just tune in and do what I needed to do. Afterwards, when it was finished, I invited input, and I, I got a fair amount of it. And for various things, like including the title of the book, which is the book I'm talking about, is called Light Bearer, I did involve a lot of people in God a lot of suggestions, but in the end there was a lot of controversy about what to call it, and in the end the inspiration the book is about Swami Kriyananda and in the end I just heard Swami say to me, the name of the book is Lightbearer, so I wrote all the people who had opinions and I said, well Swami's told me what he wants it to be, and I don't say that lightly, because that whole book was written by his guidance I mean, what's in it is what he wanted I know that that may sound presumptuous, but it wasn't I won't say that about other things I've done, but I will say it about that. Now, on the other hand, for most of the projects, or many of the projects we're doing, and certainly Swami Kriyananda founded communities. He he did a tremendous amount of creative art on his own in music and writing and other fields as well, photography and various things, in which he he followed his own uh, sense, his own star, just as I was speaking of, very sensitively feeling the intuition and and, and doing it that way. And even in, in one of the pieces he wrote, it was The Divine Romance, it's a piano sonata, and I was sitting there while he was helping this woman who was very, very skilled at the piano. He was sitting with her, literally going over it bar by bar, and how it's supposed to sound. And he, he said to her finally, I'm sorry to be so picky, he said, but I didn't write this, I heard it, and this is how I heard it. He said, I wrote it down as close to what I heard as I could but it wasn't possible to capture the nuances so he was trying to communicate to her. Now, but he was the founder of a community and, and 
people were his medium. So he's also speaking in terms of leadership. One of the, 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 I, the points that Swami raised once when he was talking about something which is very important, which is how to be a supportive leader. You know, a leader who really supports other people to rise to whatever level they're capable of rising to. And supportive leadership is absolutely the best kind of leadership because it enables people, as I say, to, to reach their own highest potential, which in turn will rebound upon whatever the leader is responsible for because people's best capabilities will come forth and then whatever you're trying to accomplish will have the benefit of their, their best capabilities. And that's what uh, Swamiji was, was working with you know, all the time. He, he, and and he, he came to say, which is really a beautiful way to say it, for a leader, the artistic medium for a leader is other people's energy. When you're doing a, anything that is more than just your own solitary art. And a lot of times people who um, are, doing, are doing a group enterprise try to do it as if it was a solitary art form. Now that doesn't mean that the director of the movie doesn't have a strong point of view and perhaps the last, the last word, that the CEO doesn't have the last word. But if the project requires the energy of other people, you have to work creatively and artistically with other people's energy because the success of the whole is how skillfully, just like a painter has to know really skillfully how to work those colors because a mediocre artist can have the same, the same brand of paints, the same number of tubes, but his result may not be beautiful at all, whereas the great artist will take the same materials and make something exquisite of it because his medium is those colors put together in a certain way. So when a leader is trying to create something, or a person is trying to create something, let's think in terms of leadership, build a great company, develop a great product, you know, become a great advertising agency, um, uh, put together a movie, uh, whatever it might be, even if it's a creative art project, like put together a movie or be a symphony orchestra or something like that. Your medium is other people's energy. And if you can't both um, discern, you know, what that color is and where it can contribute to your picture, and then also persuade that person, better, better than persuade, the word is inspire, that person to want to put out their best and brightest color into the picture, then no matter how good your ideas are, no matter how smart you are, no matter how much you can see what could happen, if you don't work appropriately with the, with the medium of your art, which again is other people's energy, then you're, the net result is just going to be lousy. It's just as simple as that. And, but no, it's not easy to do that. And a lot of creative people, and you know, I, I have learned to work with other people's energy, but for a lot of my life, and still, I still am, like, my fundamental temperament is a creative artist. And by that I mean, and I just, I just put it simply, I like my own ideas. I enjoy being able to, to conceive of something, and I enjoy the, uh, the process of, of the inspiration that comes through as I see it to fruition. Now, I've learned to really enjoy um, cooperating with other people's energy and having the result be not necessarily what I myself thought was best, 
but the wonderful fun that comes when you open all those other tubes of color and just sort of see how they all blend together. But, but nonetheless, you see there's two different ways of doing it. You can't, you can't just be a solitary creative artist if your medium is other people's energy. So Swami just suggests very simply, invite the participations of others. Invite, involve them in the decisions you have to make. And then they will, they'll take an interest and they will commit themselves to what it is you're trying to accomplish because they will feel respected, they will feel involved, they will see their contribution. Because, you know, people are different. People who have a whole lot of creative ideas and can just always initiate and make things happen. And I, I, I've always been that way. Swami was a hundred times more than that. He always had a solution. He always had a new idea. He always had a new project. But not everyone does. You know, the color of, of many people is they have a few good ideas, but they're very good at helping you, helping others who are more... Um, you know, out of the box, thinking if they can know where they're supposed to fit in, they can commit themselves and make an enormous amount happen. And then the person who, who really has the creative spark can accomplish so much more because you've added the medium of everybody else's energy. But they have to feel involved. The kind of people who will just sit there and wait to be told what to do are just simply not going to have as bright and beautiful colors as the ones who who can get excited with you. And as Swamiji said, you know, everybody has a few good ideas. Some people have many, many good ideas, but everybody has a few. And so if you help people to contribute, you'll be able to draw out of them some of their best ideas. And above all, as, I, as Swami himself says here, they'll want to help you. And when they want to help you, they too will become sort of brighter and more creative in participating it if they're just more than just standing on the side, and you're doing everything. You know, asking people to help you. Swamiji was astonishing in the way he involved people. I remember one evening in his house, and it was like about 10 at night. He, Swami didn't live much by the clock. He just sort of, energy would flow. He, I mean, he slept, he meditated at regular hours, but he didn't have a, like, it's 9 o'clock, everything is finished. It's like if the energy was flowing, we would often be up quite late. When I would, was his secretary and I would go over at four in the afternoon with the mail and various... I mean, sometimes I'd leave at five, sometimes I'd leave at midnight. It just would depend on what was happening. And as a consequence, I never made any plans um, but, uh, because I always wanted to be available. But I remember one night, 9.30, 10, maybe it was. It was, it was not an early hour. And I looked around and I honestly, I counted there were 10 people in the house and, and everybody was doing something. Somebody was working over here helping to organize slides and somebody was fixing something that was broken. Another person was trying to sort out this music computer that he had and two others were rehearsing some music with Swamiji and I was typing something that he needed typing. And it's just like Swami had just created all of these possibilities and also the 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 uh, expansive potential of his own energy was multiplied by the participation of all those people. I have to tell you something that's really funny. And, it, and, and the way Swamiji would ask for our advice and our involvement in his decisions, it never felt like a technique. This is what I want you to understand. I remember some man who was 
more new in his leadership position. He'd, he'd been elevated and he had more responsibility. He'd been reading some book about leadership. And it said, basically, if you're going to have to correct someone, first you should compliment them on at least two things that they're doing well before you tell them what you want them to change. And the person said that, like, you know, isn't that going to be an effective technique? And Swami was sort of quiet. He had this way. He, he was, Swami was always very considered. He didn't just react. When somebody said something that they were enthusiastic about, he didn't slam their energy. He would, he would let their energy express itself. He wouldn't interrupt. He would let it express itself. He would consider it, even if maybe early on he already knew what he thought. He would involve people. And then he said, but that's so manipulative. He said, and anybody who's sensitive will see through it right away. And so... That was a revealing comment on Swami, quite apart from the person who suggested it or the technique. It's like, you can't be manipulating people. You have to be sincerely and honestly interested and see what they have to say. Um, And Swami asked my advice so consistently, so sincerely, with such an apparent interest in what I thought, that it was approximately 25 years before I realized he didn't need it. didn't need my opinion, but I needed my opinion. And he was very interested in my opinion because he knew it would help me. And he was very interested in helping me. And the medium for helping me was to allow me to try to think things through, to offer my opinion, to have him take it seriously. By no means were all my ideas bad. Did he already, had Swami already had those ideas? Did I just articulate what he was inspiring me to say? You know, really. But what I realized was he made me feel essential. And I, and I really felt essential. And as a consequence, I was very eager to participate. I mean, I didn't wake up and say, well, Swami needs me to do this. I mean, it didn't rise to that level. But I, I always felt. And, and one time it was very interesting, a couple of two different instances, where he actually invited a group of us to express our opinion on a matter that was so important. And he even actually made it seem as if the decision was in our hands. And later I said, Sir, how could you possibly have turned that decision over to you? And he said, Well, I wouldn't have. I'd already made up my own mind. But I sincerely wanted to see if any of you could think of an objection that hadn't occurred to me. And so therefore his, his asking our advice was completely sincere and his, his complete inner silence listening to our advice was also completely sincere. It was, he, he'd felt the intuition, he was certain of his intuition, but he didn't want to be presumptuous in his intuition. So he was opening himself to the universe from, through the person of this group of six or eight people that he would often consult to see if any of us could come up with something that he hadn't occurred to him or that God wanted to tell him but Swami hadn't been able to hear. And as it happened in both of the cases I'm thinking of, after a time, and there was a lot of discussion, we came to the same conclusion he'd come to. But then he, Swami also, he needed us because that was the outward confirmation of his, of his inner feeling. And we had the opportunity to think it through for ourselves And when he went forward with the direction, which involved a lot of us, we felt like we were part of it. 
It hadn't been imposed on us. We'd really had a voice. And that voice happened to concur with his, um, which was a confirmation of the rightness of it, but we'd really had a voice. It hadn't been imposed. You see how brilliantly that works? And how much intelligence, intuition, and self-control it takes? So, invite the participation of others, when possible, in the decisions you make. The more you involve them, the more they will take an interest in and commit themselves to working with and helping you. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.